preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. And welcome back for another week of Animal Radio. It is October, near Halloween. I don't know if you're going to be dressing up your pet or not. Seems like the thing to do this year. We're looking for your horror stories. Ooh, do they have to relate to animals? Well, yeah. Oh, I was say, because I've got lots of them. Uh, animal stories? Animal horror stories? Both, yes, and human. Well, you'll have to tell me some of your stories in just a few minutes, okay? But for the listener, if you have a cat horror story, you could win an scoop-free automatic litter. Ooh. 1-866-405-8405. I know you have a... You see, the lines are already ringing. See, they got them. Everyone has a horror story because that's why they have nine lives. Tell us how they lost one of those lives for your cats or if you have a horror story for your dog. Uh, also, clicker training your dog. Not so tough. We'll talk about that this week. And we're going to call the summer giveaway winner. Get near your phones, okay? Ooh, one lucky person. one 405 Hi, who's this? Hi, I'm Denise. Hi, Denise. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, wow. What's it like there today? Um, you know, it's the same day here every day. <laughs> <laughs> same same damn weather it's been for the last 2,000 years. Well, however many, a lot. So you have a four story? A horror her? story, although, you know, funny only because it had a happy ending. Oh, good. We love happy endings here. You know, but holy cow, I had um, a friend of mine was in college down in Austin, Texas. And so me and my friend's boyfriend were going to drive down to Austin to visit a friend in college uh-huh. and I was going to stay in the neighbor's house because the neighbor was out of town and she said yes you can you know no worries oh. and you can cat sit my cat how nice and I thought it was fabulous you know and so we drove down there and and uh, the, I unpacked and got along with the cat famously you know played games and threw his toys around. I thought we were bonding uh-huh. <laughs> we were having you know I thought we had become buddies there was a moment there and yeah I really you know but then he vanished oh and no an inside oh. cat on your shift <laughs> on my shift and P.S. never met this woman oh my I've god I've never met this person She's, you know, she's opened up her house to me. You know, how hard is it to babysit a cat? Really, I have one. Not so hard. Oh, so what'd you do? For days. And so me and the friend that had driven down there with me, like, walking through the neighborhood sobbing, both of us sobbing, because we've lost Roberta's cat. Uh Uh-huh. And checked all the animal shelters like hourly and dumb friends <laughs> league and um and Roberta's due home any minute and the cat showed up. I mean <gasps> like out of the clear blue sky, enough you know, no drama, no no owies, no dirt. <laughs> just like hmm, hi, what's for dinner? <laughs> it was just trying to give you a scare, huh? And it did. It uh, did. And, you know, of course, then, you know, sucking right back up to me again. <laughs> as I'm packing my stuff, sitting in my luggage. Where are you going? I miss you already. Can I go? Road trip? Uh, well, we're glad I had a happy oh, ending. Oh, baby. Me too. I mean, we, we still talk about it. <laughs> have, you, have you pets had any animals since then? No. <laughs> Not going to. No, I mean, I'll occasionally go visit a friend's cat. You know, cats... 
they're great. They're so independent uh-huh. that they don't need you every single minute of the day. Yeah. You know, so sometimes a friend will leave town for a couple of days and I'll go over and visit and, you know, watch a movie or something and have, you know, uh-huh. snuggle time. But, but yeah, not, never. I don't know. That was That's, pretty much the end of your pet sitting yeah, career. Yeah, maybe. But, I'm, you know, there's got to be a market out there for a pet, for pet sitter. Like there's a business. Oh, definitely. oh millions of dollars. Yes, yeah. a whole association, and, and uh, boy, you go online and Google it, and you'll. Well, we won't even leave our fish alone. Oh, of course so, not. You know, would do, would never do that, or That's any of the other. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, it's like so, to, I would easily pay somebody money to move into my house, stock it with all their favorite foods, you know, while I go away. We're going to hook you up with a scoop-free automatic litter. Yippee. <laughs> Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. one 405 You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Take a quick break from the horror stories for some clicker training stories. Because I always thought it was tough to clicker train your dog. Is she online, too? Yes, she is. Teresa Llewellyn? Lewin. Oh, it's Lewin? I'm sorry about that. That's okay. My boo. Your boo. I told you the wrong name. Okay. That's okay. It's all good. Listen. I, I, I actually didn't get my, my bio in there to you either. Well, well yeah, I didn't. I, who are you? <laughs> tell, tell us what you do. Uh, well, what I do, I'm an animal behavioral specialist. Okay. And I have a private practice where I do uh, behavior consulting. Um, for dogs with emotional issues. Ooh, what kind of emotional issues? Um, anxiety being okay. the biggest, um, which can lead to the dog being aggressive, of course. Or tearing up the house. Uh-huh, yes, yes. I, I would say a good portion of the calls are, are anxiety-related, actually. So, uh, for those listeners out there that mm-hmm. are uh, you don't love your pet like family, and you're thinking of trading them in because they have some kind of behavioral problem, uh-huh. not a good excuse because no. you, you can work on the behavior problems. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be. They mostly most of them can be resolved. A lot of hard work and patience and and time, and and that being that there's uh, no significant risk course of family members particularly children yes well you know there's children if they can learn early about mm-hmm. the the dogs often uh, it mm-hmm. turns out better learning what they what they mm-hmm. want to say like the dogs have expressions and, and things that they do that show their feelings that the kids should That's know right. body language mm-hmm. what what are some of the the body language signs that a dog may use uh, well there's actually there's all kinds um Yawning, for example, and now this is interesting, we call this a displaced behavior, and it's kind of a big word, but it's a normal behavior taken out of context, and it only presents when the dog is nervous or anxious. It yawns? Yawning is one of them. Wow. Now, oh, we yawn because we're, maybe we're tired, but if you think about it, that's a displaced behavior, because what do we really want to do? We want to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But we're forcing ourselves to stay awake. So if the dog is yawning, and let's say mm, there's three or four kids that are petting or mauling the dog. Ooh. Okay, so now the dog is saying, you know what? I'm a little uncomfortable with this, but I'm going to tolerate it. And, and he can present with this behavior for years, and then suddenly, out of the blue, one day, snap. This wow. is me. 
This is totally me, folks. Let me tell you a little bit about it. And I was clicker trained, by the way, and we'll talk uh-huh. about that in just a yes, second here. Very exciting. The, the dog's tired. It wants to go to sleep, and these kids are poking and prodding at it, and it's getting more angry, but it's holding it all in, and eventually oh, yeah. it's going to snap. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be ugly. So you got to teach the kids what? Yawning st- isn't Yawning it- means, you know what? Oh, I guess the dog is tired of this and wants to do something else, so we'll leave him alone. And that's the first thing my son will say mm-hmm. if he's petting our dogs. Oh, look, he's tired. He's had enough. Or licking his chops. That's another one. Wow. Very interesting. Yes. Now, these are very subtle, subtle behaviors. And for some reason, it's been the, the best guarded secret forever. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, but this is, Joan and I, um, had, had gotten together two different careers altogether, and, uh, we have one common goal, and, and ours is our love of dogs and, uh, families and children. And, uh, we were thinking, you know, children need to know these things, because this is why they're getting bitten all the time. That's mm-hmm. for sure. So, are you going to tell me what licking the chops means? Or do well, I have to get... licking the chops, again, it's the same thing. It's a displaced behavior. And it's taken out of context because if you look, the dog hasn't eaten anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. So now, now mom and dad have to look at the dog or the child has to look at the dog and say, well, what's causing this dog to be anxious? Why is he licking his chops? What am I doing to cause this to happen? So the dog licks his chops. It's just like yawning. And he's saying, you know what? I'm kind of uncomfortable with this, but I'll let you keep it up. But I'm just letting you know I'm kind of uncomfortable. And again, if these are the signals, little signals like this, the little paw lift, for instance. Everybody thinks that's cute. Again, dog is very anxious. Hmm. So these are the signals that are constantly being missed. And you read in the papers, you know, the media, oh, vicious dog attack, and it was unprovoked. Mm-hmm. But it probably was provoked. It was provoked. I'll tell you. This is usually all normal behavior, but here's the thing, and I don't want anyone to take this out of context, um, you know, but the the thing is, these are normal behaviors, and an animal will always let you know it's uncomfortable. What about a cat? Does a cat have the same... Okay. same thing. Same thing with kitties, um, small animals, rabbits, ferrets, hamsters, you name it. Okay, you, Very interesting. You put together a truly unique way of teaching children uh-huh. this. Uh-huh. A couple of them. And, and uh, one of them is a board game. It's a cool board game called Dog I'm Crazy. Yeah. Tell, tell us about it. it this is awesome. And, and this, this uh, we come up with this idea. Joan and I were going out to schools and visiting children and talking to them about how to be safe around dogs and how to read dog body language, so on and so forth. Um, But we wanted to reach out to a bigger market. You know, um, for me, it was like I wouldn't see the child until the child had been bitten by a dog and their face is all swollen. I I can only see people that have a dog that will come in to see me. But what about all the children out there that don't have dogs? Mm -hmm. What about them? How are we going to reach out? How can we get this done even quicker? And the board game developed. From that idea was that, wow, if we can get this board game out there, make it a lot of fun because kids love to, to learn and game. And so what do the cards do on the board game? Tell us how, how to play. Okay. Well, we have the purple cards, which are their do-do-do-it cards, and then the CCC-it cards. Okay. And what children do is race around the board in the different colored paw prints by spinning the spinner. On, on There's a spinner on the board game. And each paw print tells gives them an activity to do. 
and the idea is to win bones by answering questions correctly. And if they land on a yellow paw print, they pick up a CCC card. And there they have to decide. Now, this is a photograph, and it's a, a, a real photo, photograph. It's not, a, you know, a, a studio photograph. This is important to know. So there may be a family, a, a child, and, a, and a, a parent, and a puppy, and a leash. And the child has to decide whether this is a safe situation or a potentially unsafe situation. Okay. And if they answer the question correctly, they win a bone. Oh, very cool. Yeah, it is. And you know what? Who would have thought? It is fun. Okay, I want to give one of these away right now, and I want whoever I give it to to, uh, of course, report back at the end of the month. Someone obviously cool. with a child that needs to learn. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. One eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. What? Uh, where can we get this board game? Uh, the board game uh, you can get it on our website at www.doggonecrazy all one word dot com. Okay. You can also get it uh, or no, doggonecrazy.ca, sorry, okay. uh, at Karen Pryor's Clicker Training. Okay. So clickertraining.com. We'll, we'll put a link from uh, animalradio.com on that. What's this? Hey, that would be great. What's the CD, the Clicker Puppy CD? Oh, wow. This is awesome. It's a very, very unique. Uh, there's nothing out there on the market like it, same as the board game. Um, what it is is children training puppies, and there's no trainers involved. We start out by showing the children how to use this unique little training tool called a clicker, and it's based on positive reinforcement, so it sets the child and the dog up to win. Oh, very good. Very good. Very safe, hands-off. That's the best thing, hands-off. The child's not challenging the dog by pulling or tugging on a leash. It's just fabulous. Very and good. And they learn how to use a clicker, and then we just let them go to it. I've actually been trained with a clicker, too. Uh, <laughs> yeah, to, to, they say I talk too long around here. Yes. To wrap things up, Click, they've click. clicker trained me. Okay, time's up, Hal. I've got to wrap things up here. We're going to give away 10 of these clicker puppies, one 405 We can also get these at the website, www.doggonecrazy.ca. What are you guys, Canadian? We are. Eh? Okay. We are, eh? <laughs> we are Canadian, but we love the U.S., and I, I think dog safety transcends borders. Oh, of course it does. Good. Absolutely. Worldwide. Absolutely. Teresa Lewin, I appreciate you spending time with us today. Well, thank you very much. Oh, it looks like you caught me peeking in your bathroom closet. Hi, I'm Be Humane, star of Be Humane Go Shopping. Perhaps you've heard of me. You've got a lot of stuff that was tested on animals. Shampoo, cleaner, mascara. Did you know that some of these companies still test their products on animals? Throw this stuff out. You see, you have a choice when buying your household and cosmetic products. You can make a difference for animals by only buying cruelty-free products. What? How do you know these products are cruelty-free? Request a free compassionate shopping guide from AAVS. To know which companies are cruelty-free, just call 1-800-SAY-AAVS or visit www.aavs.org and look for my movie, Be Humane Go Shopping. Don't forget, one 800 
electorate, say AAVS or visit www.aavs.org. Scoop Free is the first litter box you can leave alone for weeks at a time with no scooping, cleaning, or refilling. Scoop Free is a revolution in automatic litter boxes. Its disposable throwaway trays are filled with fresh step crystal litter that provide unbeatable odor control and are so convenient. After about 30 days per cat, just replace a disposable litter tray and that's it. Just load it, leave it, and love it. Available at select pet stores and at ScoopFree.com. <laughs> Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. Animal Radio is brought to you by Biospot, a premium flea and tick control product for dogs and cats. Biospot is a great value at about one-third the cost of the leading veterinarian brands. Biospot is available at your local pet store or visit www.biospot.com. 1-866-405-8405. Hi, who's this? Hi, my name is Ron Galarzi. Hi, Ron. How you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Where are you calling from? Brea, California. Brea, either listening on K-Big or Coast. K-Big. K-Big, very good for you. What can we do for you, Ron? Well, I have a brand new uh, white Persian Himalayan cat. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, it's all white. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful cat with green eyes. I named her Zsa, Zsa Gabor. Oh, yeah. She's full of uh, darlings. Darlings. <laughs> She just looks at me with those eyes, and I just think she's uh, gorgeous. Anyway. How old is she? Uh, eight weeks, nine uh, weeks. Wow. Yeah, cute. she's really, really cute. Is her hair long yet? Very long. Furry, furry, furry. That's going to be one of those cats that you can have to brush all the time. Yeah, well, it looks like she has her mink coat on all the time. That's why I called her Zaza. Yes. <laughs> and I'll get her a diamond collar when she's old enough to have one. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me tell you, a girl's never too young for diamonds. That's it. Huh? <laughs> right now, she's wearing a little tennis bracelet, so... It'll it'll work. Uh-huh. My my situation is this: I've never had a cat, and I have a lot of beautiful furnishings throughout my house. Oh, yeah. and of course, they're she's loving it. <laughs> yeah. She gets right in, you know. Uh-huh. Well, but, this is uh, a good time to nip it in the bud while it's uh, while yeah. she's still young. That's exactly. Time. Exactly. Because and I know she needs her shots. I'm going to get those done in a week or two. But um, what do I do about clipping her nails all the time? Is it done weekly, or do I have her? De- it's, I hear it's just not the right thing to declaw her. It is absolutely not yeah. the right thing to declaw because it's like an amputation up to the first knuckle. Uh, and there, there are a lot of alternatives. And if you do have a lot of special things around your house, uh, clipping the nails is something, one of, one of the alternatives. Mm-hmm. How often would you do that, Judy? Uh, probably about every month to two months. You don't need to do it on a weekly basis. They don't grow that fast. And there's also alternatives. I don't know if you've ever heard of soft claws. No. Oh, those little caps, I hate those things. Yeah, I've never used them, but I've talked to people who are successful with them. What it is, it's a plastic, it's a nail cap. You actually place them over the nails. Oh, my God. Each nail, and it lasts for a couple months, and it allows them to still extend their nails, but they just can't scratch. Well, that's an interesting point that you bring up about squeezing out to find the nail, first uh-huh. of all, because she's all white. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah. So and then to even find them is another little challenge, but they're there because they're very sharp. Well, here, here's the thing that I would suggest. And yeah. that is, first of all, uh, if you do it more frequently as a youngster, she will get used to it, and it won't be a traumatic experience. It'll be like uh, like a caressing or like a, 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 a 
Uh, using a brush yeah. or... She likes the brush. Yeah. And what I've learned is that you don't have to do all the nails at once. You could do one or two, one night, and then move on. Just, you don't want to make a big deal out of it. Otherwise, right. she's going to get really upset. Right, right, right. If, if she happens to be sitting on your lap, she's calm. Uh, or asleep. Yeah, or asleep. Have the uh, clipper around and just do one or two, and then uh, come back uh, the next day and Good. trim Good a little idea. more. Good idea. They're coming out with that quick finder, which is uh, would be great for a white cat with uh, white... Uh, uh, well, white nails, you can usually see the bloodline when you clip it. Yeah, because you can see the pink, so you don't want to clip into the pink. Yeah. Uh, another good thing to do is to constantly play with your cat's paws. When she's resting or sleeping, go over, play with them, extend them, so she gets used to you touching her paws. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good. So yeah. that way, when you go to clip them, she won't be so freaked, because a lot of cats don't like to have their paws touched. <laughs> if, she, uh, if she heads on over to an inappropriate place that you don't want her Climb, uh, uh, pick her up, and bring her over to a cat tree. I'm hoping you have a cat tree or something for her to claw. She needs something like that to have something to claw because it's something they need to do. It's like exercise. And you pick her up, bring her over there, and, and hold her paws up and scratch it and teach her to do that instead of the furniture or whatever nice accoutrements you have around the place. Exactly. Exactly. Well, what, uh, what about uh, what, what are the ingredients of catnip that makes her go crazy? I don't know what the ingredient is, but there's something in it that's just a, it's a natural herb that cats just go crazy. Now, we've learned that Siamese will not touch it, uh-huh. but other breeds of cats will. And we've also heard that it's it's usually more effective for males than females. Some females uh, react to it, so it's good that, that yours does. I guess it's it smells like the pheromones that they, uh, yeah. they're familiar with, and I, I can't explain it, but boy. Has she yeah. re- have you tried catnip? Because I've heard it usually won't work. Well, I bought a toy that has catnip in it, and uh-huh. she just loves to play with it, and Good. she seems more energetic with it. Uh-huh. Uh, but she just goes wild. Good. You know, back if she has a certain place she's scratching, like a certain couch or some area, what you want to do is put the scratching post in that area. Okay. What you want to do is put it by there so when she goes to do that, she'll see the scratching post. You can entice her to the scratching post. You can actually get loose catnip and put it on the yeah, scratching post. Yeah, put it right post. on the post. And that will attract her to it. And to stop, uh, you won't have to do this permanently, but temporarily you can put uh, aluminum foil or two-sided tape or something on an area she's scratching because cats won't like that. And oh. If you have the scratching post right next to it, she'll turn to that because it'll be a available and cats it's like yoga the scratching the stretching it's just they part gotta of it. Do it and they like to do it normally when they wake up another place would be you want to put these you know if you can have several in your house one where she sleeps so when the first thing she does when she wakes up she'll go and she'll scratch her scratching post mm-hmm. and you want to just kind of like to so keep them in places and keep them don't hide them people put them in, the, in out of the way places and cats want to be where you are where you're at out in the open so put put them around the house put catnip on them and put foil and double tape on where she's scratching and hopefully you can get her to well you, you're doing game. it at a young age and yes. that's the important thing get it yeah. get her used to it now and she'll well, be she's, fine she learned no the word no oh good quite nicely i think good uh-huh. um and also in her diet, I, I guess I give her that kitten dry food that's really good for her, science uh-huh. diet. But I'm also um, giving her half a fancy feast in the morning and the other half at night. Uh-huh. She seems to be okay with that. Is Nothing that, wrong okay. with that. Nothing, Nothing wrong, wrong with that. that? Okay. No. All right. no, I like to see uh, a blended diet. Some people say all dry. Some people say all canned. Uh, you know, 
I go it's a half good variety. and half. Good, okay. Just to be safe. Great. Uh, I'll tell you what, and you're going to kill me for doing this. <laughs> Judy just got on my case for giving out no, too much I stuff didn't. here. Uh, but we happen to have this. We have paw breakers, which are little catnip uh, balls, which they love to play with. Plus, we have uh, these uh, scratch toys from BMX Pet Vantage that uh, I'd like to give Jaja a couple of those if we can. Oh, wow. Well, thank you very much. Ron, thanks for calling and listening to Animal Radio. Hold on one second. All right. Hi, this is Clive Sears from HGTV. You're listening to Animal Radio. Please, please remember to spay and see your pet. Just when you thought Pet Soup couldn't possibly add more great items to their product line, these guys come up with the Deluxe Series Designer Pet Mats, complementing any decor. Spilled food or kitty litter is easily swept away. The Designer Pet Mats from Pet Soup look great in your home, and they won't fade, crack, or peel. Call for a free catalog right now, 888-842-6804, or see them online at www.pet-soup.com. That's www.pet-soup.com. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network. And we're talking about your pet horror stories today. And boy, this has to be one of the best, scariest stories I've heard. Listen up. This is the story of the night my 10-year-old cat, Rudy, got his head stuck in the garbage disposal. I knew at the time that the experience would be funny if the cat survived. So let me tell you right up front that he's fine. Getting him out wasn't easy, though, and the process included numerous home remedies, a plumber, two cops, an emergency overnight veterinary clinic, a case of mistaken identity, five hours of panic, and 15 minutes of fame. First, some background. My husband Rich and I had just returned from a five-day spring break vacation in the Cayman Islands, where I had been sick as a dog the whole time, trying to convince myself that if I had to feel lousy, it was better to do it in paradise. We had arrived home at 9 p.m., a day and a half later than we had planned because of airline problems. I still had illness-related vertigo, and because of the flight delays, had not been able to prepare the class I was supposed to teach at 8.40 the next morning. I sat down at my desk to think about William Carlos Williams, and around 10 o'clock I heard Rich hollering something indecipherable from the kitchen. As I raced out to see what was wrong, I saw Rich frantically rooting around under the kitchen sink, and Rudy or rather Rudy's headless body, scrambling around in the sink, his claws clicking in panic on the metal. Rich had just ground up the skin of some smoked salmon in the garbage disposal, and when he left the room, Rudy, whom he always did call a pinhead, had gone in after it. It is very disturbing to see the headless body of your cat in the sink. This is an animal that I've slept with nightly for 10 years, who burrows under the covers and purrs against my side, and who now looks like a desperate, alive and kicking. It was also disturbing to see Rich, Mr. Calm in an emergency, at his wit's end, trying to soothe Rudy, trying to undo the garbage disposal, failing at both, and basically freaking out. Adding to the chaos was Rudy's twin brother, Lowell, also upset, racing around in circles, jumping onto the kitchen counter and alternately licking Rudy's butt for comfort and biting it out of fear. Clearly, I had to do something. First, we tried to ease Rudy out of the disposal by lubricating his head and neck. We tried Johnson's baby shampoo, kept on hand for my niece's visits, and buttered-flavored Crisco. Both failed, and a now-greasy Rudy kept struggling. Rich then decided to take apart the garbage disposal, which was a good idea, but he couldn't do it. 
turns out the thing is constructed like a metal onion. You peel off one layer and another one appears, with Rudy's head still buried deep inside, stuck in a hard plastic collar. My job during this process was to sit on the kitchen counter petting Rudy, trying to calm him with the room spinning, vertigo, Lowell howling, he's part Siamese, and Rich clattering around with tools. When all our efforts failed, we sought professional help. I called our regular plumber, who actually called me back quickly, even at 11 o'clock at night. Thanks, Dave. He talked Rich through further layers of disposal dismantling, but still we couldn't reach Rudy. I called the 1-800 number for Insincorator, no response. A pest removal service that advertises 24-hour service, no response. An all-night emergency veterinary clinic who had no experience in this matter and so no advice. And finally, in desperation, 911. I could see that Rudy's normally pink paw pads were turning blue. The fire department, I figured, gets cats out of trees. Maybe they could get one out of a garbage disposal. The dispatcher had other ideas and offered to send over two policemen. This suggestion gave me pause. I'm from the 60s, and even if I am currently a fine, upstanding citizen, I had never considered calling the cops and asking them to come to my house. On purpose. I resisted the suggestion, but the dispatcher was adamant. They'll help you out, he said. The cops arrived close to midnight and turned out to be quite nice. More importantly, they were also able to think rationally, which we were not. They were, of course, quite astonished by the situation. I've never seen anything like this, Officer Mike kept saying. The unusual circumstances helped us quickly get on a first-name basis with our cops. Officer Tom, who expressed immediate sympathy for our plight, I've had cats all my life, he said comfortingly, also had an idea. Evidently, we needed a certain tool, a tiny, circular, rotating saw that could cut through the heavy plastic flange encircling Rudy's neck without hurting Rudy. And Officer Tom happened to own one. I live just five minutes from here, he said. I'll go get it. He soon returned, and the three of them, Rich and the two policemen, got under the sink together to cut through the garbage disposal. I sat on the counter, holding Rudy and trying not to succumb to the surrealness of the scene. With the weird middle-of-the-night lighting, the room's occasional spinning, Lowell's spooky sound effects, an apparently headless cat in my sink, and six disembodied legs poking out from under it. One good thing came of this. The guys did manage to get the bottom off of the disposal, so we could now see Rudy's face and knew he could breathe. But they couldn't cut the flange without risking the cat. Stumped. Officer Tom had another idea. You know, he said, I think the reason we can't get him out is the angle of his head and body. If we could just get the sink out and lay it on its side, I'll bet we could slip him out. That sounded like a good idea at this point. Anything would have sounded like a good idea, and as it turned out, Officer Mike runs a plumbing business on weekends. He knew how to take out the sink. Again, they went to work. The three pairs of legs sticking out from under the sink, surrounded by an ever-increasing pile of tools and sink parts. They cut the electrical supply, capped off the plumbing lines, unfastened the metal clamps, unscrewed all the pipes, and about an hour later, voila! The sink was lifted gently out of the countertop with one guy holding the garbage disposal, which contained Rudy's head, up close to the sink, which contained Rudy's body. We laid the sink on its side, but even at this more favorable removal angle, Rudy stayed stuck. Officer Tom's radio beeped, calling him away on some kind of real police business. As he was leaving, though, he had another good idea. You know, he said, I don't think we can get him out while he's struggling so much. We need to get the cat sedated. If he were limp, we could slide him out. And off he went, regretfully, a cat lover still worried about Rudy.
The remaining three of us decided that getting Rudy sedated was a good idea. But Rich and I were new to the area. We knew that the overnight emergency veterinary clinic was only a few minutes away, but we didn't know exactly how to get there. I know where it is, declared Officer Mike. Follow me. So Mike got into his patrol car. Rich got into the driver's seat of our car. And I got into the back, carrying the sink, what was left of the garbage disposal, and Rudy. It was now about 2 a.m. We followed Officer Mike for a few blocks when I decided to put my hand into the garbage disposal to pet Rudy's face, hoping I could comfort him. Instead, my sweet, gentle bedfellow chomped down on my finger hard, really hard, and wouldn't let go. My scream reflex kicked into gear, and I couldn't stop the noise. Rich slammed on the brakes, hollering, What? What happened? Should I stop? Checking us out in the rearview mirror. No, I managed to get out between screams. Just keep driving. Rudy's biting me, but we've got to get to the vet. Just go. Rich turned his attention back to the road, where Officer Mike took a turn we hadn't expected, and we followed. After a few minutes, Rudy let go, and as I stopped screaming, I looked up to discover that we were wandering aimlessly through an industrial park, in and out of empty parking lots, past little streets that didn't look at all familiar. Where's he taking us, I asked. We should have been there ten minutes ago. Rich was as mystified as I was, but all we knew to do was follow the police car until finally he pulled into a church parking lot and we pulled up next to him. Rich rolled down the window to ask Mike, where are we going? The cop, who was not Mike, rolled down his window and asked, why are you following me? Once Rich and I recovered from our shock at having tailed the wrong cop car and the policeman from his peak at being stalked, he led us quickly to the emergency vet where Mike greeted us by holding open the door exclaiming, where were you guys? It was lucky that Mike got to the vets ahead of us because we hadn't thought to call and warn them about what was coming. Clearly, by this time, we weren't really thinking at all. We brought in the kitchen sink containing Rudy and the garbage disposal containing his head, and the clinic staff was ready. They took his temperature, which was down 10 degrees, and his oxygen level, which was half of normal, and the vet declared this cat is in serious shock. We've got to sedate him and get him out of there immediately. When I asked if it was okay to sedate a cat in shock, the vet said grimly, we don't have a choice. With that, he injected the cat, Rudy went limp, and the vet squeezed about half a tube of KY jelly onto the cat's neck and pulled him free. Then the whole team jumped into code blue mode. I know this from watching a lot of ER. They laid Rudy on a cart where one person hooked up IV fluids, another put little socks on his paws. You'd be amazed at how much heat they lose through their pads, she said. One covered him with hot water bottles and a blanket, and another took a blow dryer to warm up Rudy's now very gunky head. The fur on his head dried in stiff little spikes, making him look rather pathetically punk as he lay there limp and motionless. At this point, they sent Rich, Mike, and me to sit in the waiting room while they tried to bring Rudy back to life. I told Mike he didn't have to stay, but he just stood there shaking his head. I've never seen anything like this, he said again. At about 3 a.m., the vet came in to tell us that the prognosis was good for a full recovery. They needed to keep Rudy overnight to rehydrate him and give him something for the brain swelling they assumed he had. But if all went well, we could take him home the following night. Just in time to hear the good news, Officer Tom rushed in, finished with his real police work, and concerned about Rudy. I figured that once this ordeal was over and Rudy was home safely, I would have to rethink my position on the police. Rich and I got back home about 3.30. We hadn't unpacked from our trip. I was still intermittently dizzy and still hadn't prepared my 8.40 class. I need a vacation, I said, and while I called the office to leave a message canceling my class, Rich made us a pitcher of martinis. 
I slept late the next day and then badgered the vet about Rudy's condition until he said that Rudy could come home later that day. I was working on the suitcases when the phone rang. Hi, this is Steve Husky from the Norristown Times-Herald, a voice told me. Listen, I was just going through the police blotter from last night. Mostly it's just the usual stuff, breaking and entering, petty theft, but there's this one item. Um, do you have a cat? So I told Steve the whole story, which interested him. A couple hours later, he called back to say that his editor was interested too. And did I have a picture of Rudy? The next day, Rudy was front page news under the ridiculous headline, Catch of the Day Lands Cat in Hot Water. There were some noteworthy repercussions to the newspaper article. Mr. Husky had somehow inferred that I called 911 because I thought Rich, my husband, was going into shock. Although how he concluded this from my comment that his pads were turning blue, I don't quite understand. So the first thing I had to do was call Rich at work. Rich, who had worked tirelessly to free Rudy and swear that I had been misquoted. When I arrived at work myself, I was famous. People had been calling my secretary all morning to inquire about Rudy's health. When I called our regular vet, whom I had met only once, to make a follow-up appointment for Rudy, the receptionist asked, Is this the famous Rudy's mother? When I brought my car in for routine maintenance a few days later, Dave, my mechanic, said, We read about your cat. Is he okay? When I called a tree surgeon about my dying red oak, he asked if I knew the person on that street whose cat had been in the garbage disposal. And when I went to get my haircut, the shampoo person told me the funny story her grandma had read in the paper about a cat who got stuck in the garbage disposal. Even today, over a year later, people ask about Rudy, whom a nine-year-old neighbor had always called the Adventure Cat because he used to climb on the roof of her house and peer in the second-story window at her. I don't know what the moral of this story is, but I do know that this Adventure cost me $1,100 in emergency vet bills, follow-up vet care, new sink, new plumbing, new electrical wiring, and new garbage disposal, one with a cover. The vet can no longer say he's seen everything but the kitchen sink. I wanted to thank officers Tom and Mike by giving them gift certificates to the local hardware store, but was told that they couldn't accept gifts, that I would put them in a bad position if I tried. So I wrote a letter to the police chief praising their good deeds and sent individual thank you notes to Tom and Mike, complete with pictures of Rudy so they could see what he looks like with his head on. And Rudy, whom we originally got for free, or so we thought, still sleeps with me under the covers on cold nights and unaccountably he still sometimes prowls the sink hoping for fish hey this is Caesar Milan when I'm not doing the dog whisper I'm listening to animal radio stay balanced preventing pain fear and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe this is animal radio network the Veterinary Minute is brought to you by World's Best Cat Litter. Made from whole kernel corn, World's Best Cat Litter has superior odor control without the use of perfumes and scents and is clumpable and scoopable. It is also truly septic safe and flushable. Ask your grocer or pet supply store for World's Best Cat Litter. Untreated illnesses can lead to behavior problems. Flea bites cat, cat bites child. Do you see the connection? Well, listen to this. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. Suppose this is an older cat with an undiagnosed allergy to fleas. One flea bite leads to a constant itching for several days. 
Suppose this same cat also suffers from arthritis, which causes a chronic dull pain and prevents jumping onto high surfaces. On a day that this poor cat is particularly itchy and in pain, a four-year-old neighborhood boy visits and demonstrates a tenacious liking to the cat. This normally tolerant, friendly cat bites the boy after 30 minutes of persistent harassment. On another day, this cat may have jumped onto the top of the refrigerator to escape the attention of the annoying child, but today his hips hurt, and he's feeling particularly irritable after days of itchy skin. So he hisses at the boy, and when that doesn't work, he bites. The point is that physical health has a bearing on animal behavior just as it does in people. Have you ever known an uncomfortable, hormonal pregnant woman that's snippier than usual? A baby with an ear infection that may have an altered sleeping pattern. Someone who has chronic pain and therefore a change in their behavior. Undiagnosed and untreated medical conditions can lead to behavior problems. Pets cannot tell us when they're feeling ill. So sometimes, misbehavior is the first indication of a health problem. Get your veterinarian involved at the early onset of behavior problems. Before assuming that the problem is a training issue, you should schedule your pet for a good thorough physical exam and possibly some tests. Sometimes the conditions are obvious, such as a cat with a urinary tract inflammation that starts urinating on the bed. At other times, the link is a little less direct, such as a dog with allergies, suffering constant itchiness, but becoming moody and starts fighting with other dogs. Without treating these health concerns, a behavior problem is not likely to respond to good training or behavior therapies or management. Here are some common medical conditions that affect behavior. Thyroid disease. Cats are prone to hyperthyroidism, that's an increase in the level of thyroid hormone, and that can cause irritability, aggression, and even excessive vocalization. Hypothyroidism, or a low level of thyroid hormone, is more common in dogs, and it can be associated with anxiety, aggression, and compulsive behavior. Other hormonal changes can affect behavior also. Urinary tract disease. Both dogs and cats have house-soiling problems when they suffer from bladder infection or inflammation. In addition, kidney failure will increase the frequency and volume of urination, and that, of course, may lead to accidents in the house. Neurological disease, particularly seizures, brain tumors, or canine cognitive dysfunction, and other such brain disorders, can have a profound effect on the personality and behavior of a pet. Chronic conditions such as arthritis, ear infections, back pain, and any other ongoing condition that causes pain may cause aggressive tendencies in pets. Chronic skin conditions caused by allergies, very, very common, can have the same effect. Even parasites like fleas and ticks or skin infections can cause this chronic irritation. A trip to the veterinarian should be the first step in solving a pet behavior problem. So just remember, parasite preventatives and arthritis medications can sometimes be used to prevent cat bites. For the Veterinary News Network at myvnn.com, I'm Dr. Jim Humphreys reporting for Animal Radio. 
Your cat deserves world's best cat litter. A new breed of cat litter with a level of performance that makes it worthy of the name world's best. Made from whole kernel corn, it binds odors naturally, resulting in superior odor control without the use of perfumes. It is truly flushable, clumpable, scoopable, biodegradable, and septic safe. You just scoop it and flush it. It's ideal for use in self-cleaning litter boxes. It is also veterinary and recommended and safe for kittens of all ages. Ask for world's best cat litter at your grocery store, PetSmart, Petco, and anywhere fine pet supplies are sold. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more. Hey, Bob. Hey. How, you how doing? are you? Very well. How are you doing? This is Hal. Yes, it is. All right. Hey, listen. Yes. You entered the summer giveaway. Yes. Guess what, buddy? What? You won the grand prize, the Animal Radio Summer Giveaway for 2006. No kidding. I did not. Oh. Now, I, I know that you have a dog. We've heard you had a dog. But oh, yeah. I'm going to list off some of the prizes, and then we'll talk later. Uh, maybe you'll want to exchange some prizes. But sure. Let's, let me just list off what you've just won. A 10-year supply of Get Serious Stain and Odor Remover. This is awesome stuff. You won't have to worry about stains or odors on your carpet or on your floor ever again. I know. And uh, from Scoop Free, an automatic litter box. From Drinkwell, the Aqua Garden Hydroponic Cat Grass Garden. Maybe we can uh, get a dog garden for you there. All right. From Petmate, the Ultra Very Kennel. This is uh, designed for... Now, how, how big is your dog? About 147. Wow. Wow, that's one big dog. <laughs> so we're going to get you the big one, okay? The All extra right. large, and you can travel. Uh, you can go on airlines with this with your dog. A uh, one-year supply of Blue Dog Bakery treats. We're going to load your dog down with all kinds of treats. What's your dog's name? Leo. Leo. Like Leo the lion. And uh, the size of one. Uh, yes. Leo is lucky because these Blue Dog Bakery treats are going to be uh, all the flavors, all his for a year. From he dog- loves treats. Oh, he loves them. Loves them. Well, from- these are all natural. He'll love these. Oh, good, good, awesome. good. From Dogopolis, Kong Time, Doggy Daycare in a Box. These are Kongs that uh, are automatically distributed during the day to Leo, uh, filled with treats. So that, Uh-oh. So you can go off to work and he can have a little bit of fun. Uh, <laughs> now, this this next one's for you from Nintendo. Uh, Nintendo has hooked you up with a Nintendo DS Lite Plus. We're going to give you the software for Nintendogs. 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 Yes, you can it. have a virtual pet to go along with Leo. Uh-oh. And that's all the uh, summer giveaway. We're going to also throw in some T-shirts and some animal radio paraphernalia for you, Bob. Thank you so very much. And Leo thanks you, too. <laughs> we got to get out of here for this hour. Remember, there's lots more at AnimalRadio.com. If you get a pet this week, please spay or neuter. Have a great week. We'll be back next week right here on this fine station. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.